For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told, taking you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And let me tell you this, things are looking up. I haven't felt very much positivity in the past, oh, 15, 16 months, whatever it's been. But right now, things are looking good. I am seeing, when I scroll through my Instagram feed, and you can follow me, at Shane Told and at Lead Singer Syndrome on Instagram, shows are happening. Like, legitimately happening. This is exciting my band isn't planning on playing any shows till November. Tickets are on sale. You can check that out at silversteinmusic.com. Maybe something will happen before that, but I am just so happy for my friends right now that are able to go out there and play music. And of course, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're a fan of music. You're a fan of live music, I assume. It's very, very exciting. So I am... Got a little spring in my step these days. I'm feeling very good. Canada's even getting it together a little bit, so that's exciting stuff. And I thought I'd bring a little positivity into the conversation to start this out because sometimes I feel like there hasn't been too much <laughs> over the past little while. But I'll tell you this, we have a great show today. Brian from Fame on Fire is here very interesting band with a very interesting career trajectory. They're doing original music. It's very cool. If you don't know about it, now's a great time to get on board. And I'll give you that in just a minute. Stay tuned. But of course, a little show news. I like to give you the show news. 
This month, kind of an audio-only kind of month because I'm very, very busy and I'm in a place that does not have good internet. However, in the meantime, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told because we're doing live podcasts on there all the time, okay? Go there. Follow me. Twitch is awesome. In the meantime, check out some of the great streamers that are already on Twitch doing music. It's not just video games or weird stuff. There is some great, creative, talented musicians on there. It's really, really awesome. So twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, of course you can as well. I always give the email address. It's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I try to write back. I do my best, but I do read them all. So if you got any anything you want to say to me at all, feel free. Now, the best way you can help out the show, and people do ask all the time, is to join the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, which keeps the lights on around here, keeps it coming at you week after week, even when I have no internet. <laughs> and you head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And for as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. You get bonus episodes, bonus content, merchandise, access to an incredible community. I love my sinners so much. Shout out to all y'all worldwide. So many of you. It warms my heart. So check that out again. The link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And also, Maybe you listen to these episodes, but you're not sure what this other thing is in the feed. New noise. What's that? Do I listen to that? Do I skip that? What is that thing? Well, if you need to know or want to know, or maybe you don't even really know about the new music that's coming out every week, that's what you want to listen to. Because I got a pal. His name's Mike Howell. He knows more about the current state of music than anybody on this planet as far as I'm concerned, uh, he actually, he just does. He's awesome, and he curates a top five list every single week with the bangers that you need in your life because there's so much music coming out. It's hard to know where to start. So if you want that, make sure that you're on the New Noise train every single Friday. There's an episode coming out, okay? So get on that. It's just, if you clicked on this, you probably can click on that one next, okay? So check it out, New Noise. It's a good time. All right, well, that's good, right? That's a good intro. I like it. Now is time to get into the meat of the show and my conversation with Brian from Fame on Fire. Brian how's it going hey pretty good man how are you I'm doing great I'm doing great this is uh this is nice man we we were talking a little bit before the stream um about our our recent um COVID vaccines and and all that shit dude and and I was out for the count man for the last two days like I got I had it on Sunday and pretty much 
uh, all Sunday and Monday, I was I was like I was like fucked. Well, at least it only lasted two days. <laughs> is that a good thing? I mean, I still don't feel I still don't feel great. Like, but I mean, uh, it's a lot better because yesterday, like, I couldn't even imagine got getting out of bed. Like, I couldn't even get up. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, like at least you're doing your part, though. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. And like, especially you know, long term, if we're thinking about touring and all that stuff, like the vaccine I got, which was the AstraZeneca one, they say the next shot isn't for 16 weeks. Oh shit. Yeah. So like, you know, four months, um, May, June, July, August. I mean, that's like puts us into late August when I'm supposed to get this thing again to be like fully vaccinated. You know, if if we're talking about like you guys are doing shows in September, I see, uh, hopefully cross our fingers a little bit. Right. But yeah, I mean, definitely. right now in, in, in the U.S. and the way things are going, we kind of assume that uh, that it's going to work out that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, like we are. I mean, like the numbers are looking good. It's just um, a lot of I, I, I know there's a lot of people that are, you know, younger that just don't want to get it because they don't understand why they need to get it. Mm. Um, I, I, I mean, like, I, I want a lot of people to get it really for a selfish reason, but it's so I can fucking tour again so I can play live <laughs> shows. Like these people want to come, want to like see us. They want to see their favorite band live. But the thing is, is that's not going to happen if you don't go get your vaccine. Yeah. Like that's just the reality of the situation. It's fucked up. I know you might not want to get it. I didn't really want to get it either, but it's, it's what we got to do to get past this bullshit. Well, I wanted to get it, got super sick from it and I still would have done it again. Uh, yeah. So, Hey, that's just me. Um, anyway, uh, Brian, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you're in a band called Fam on Fire, which I think people are starting to really hear about now. You guys have this have kind of had a weird trajectory um, because, you know, I know in your in your press statement, it basically says Fam on Fire are not a cover band. But at one point, you kind of were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so talk to me about how you guys got started um, down there in Florida. Um, so we, uh, we, so our drummer, Alex, uh, guitar player, Blake and myself, we were in a band prior to being in fam on fire. And, um, in that band, I was the lead guitar player, oddly enough. You got skills that the shredding. I did. I did have some skills. I am so washed at the, these days. <laughs> I don't, I don't play guitar anymore. Um, but, and it, it's not like riding a bike. It, it does go away. <laughs> but so, um, we moved out to Orlando. We were just hanging out there. And um, our drummer wanted to do a drum cover of Katy Perry's Unconditionally. And so we were like, okay, cool. At the time, I was recording a lot of different people, doing a lot of different music and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, we can we can do a drum cover, whatever. So he comes up, he does the drums. And then Blake, our guitar player, it was like, hey, this would sound sick if you threw guitar on it. And he's like, here, check this out. So he does like the whole song and he puts guitar on the whole song. And he just makes it like this heavy pop metal mashup thing and everyone's like oh yeah this sounds so sick and they're like yeah what if we got a singer to sing on this and do like a full-on cover of it and i look at them and i'm like all right well who are you gonna get to sing on this and they're like i don't know you want to sing on it and i said no i don't want to <laughs> sing on this i want nothing to do with this bullshit so eventually i'm gonna keep the story kind of short though um eventually they uh were like they just kept convincing me and convincing me to just try and sing on it because I wasn't really a singer beforehand. I mean, like, yeah, I sing in chorus and stuff, but I wasn't a rock singer. Right. I didn't sound cool while being a front man. Um, and so 
eventually they got me to sing on it. Uh, we mixed it down. It sounded really, really cool. I developed this like new tone. Yeah, I guess of, like this like gritty singing that nobody uh, around that time was singing like that. Um, now everybody's trying to sing like that. But uh, the only person <laughs> I can think of was like Chester Bennington. Um, right. And so, yeah, uh, it, we shot a video for it and didn't think a thing about it, released it, and the thing blew up. And then we were like, uh, okay, I guess we have to be a band again. <laughs> like, why not? And now I'm the singer of this band. Uh, this is weird. <laughs> so, so yeah, we were like, okay, we saw success with this. Let's do it again. Let's recreate it again. So we did another cover. Like, I don't know. We were very slow to start, though. We did another cover, I think, like maybe six months later. So what year was this? This Just was 2013. Context. 2013. Okay. Yeah, this is December of 2013. Okay. And um, so then we hit another cover. It actually was probably longer than six months. I think it was like August of 2014. We do another cover and that goes viral as well. And we're like, okay, I don't know what the fuck we're doing, but we're doing something right. Because um, we never got this any sort of attention like this in any of our other bands. So I guess let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's build an audience and, you know, maybe we can release some music. Also, you know, from these massive streaming numbers and these youtube plays we're like we can pay for our own music videos through our band's funds now which is right. like which was unheard of at the time because you know bands are broke let's like we're just a bunch of kids trying to play music and wasting all of our time playing music trying to make it and so now we had money to use for videos and um, we didn't need to spend anything on recording because i i was doing all of it um and so, yeah, it just, we just saw like how money could come in and pay for what we needed it to pay for. So we're like, let's build like, I guess, a catalog of these cover songs. Like, let's cover these songs in like a really cool, unique way, release them. People seem to enjoy them. And then we can do whatever we want once we have the audience built up. Right. So that's, right. that's really how it started. So then eventually, you know, we do a bunch of covers and we release an EP. The EP does pretty well at the time. And then, um, as we keep going, we're like, okay, let's do cover, original, cover, original. Because right. we want we want attention on our originals. So we're going to use a cover to platform that original. Sure. So so we just kept doing it and it started really working. I mean, like our streaming numbers got very, very high. Um, I think even before we signed to Hopeless, we hit almost a million monthly listeners on yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Which which I, is sick. Oh, I have so many I have so many questions. I do want to welcome your bandmate Blake, who is in the who is in the chat too. Hi, Blake. He's even reminiscing about how hard it was to get you to sing on that. And, and I love that we started with that. We started with, well, I'm a lead guitar player. I'm not a singer. That You wouldn't <laughs> believe, Brian, like how many people say that on this show, um, myself included. I don't think of myself as a singer, even though I've been doing it in a band for over 20 years. Um, but you there's, know. there's a time it clicks. It does eventually <laughs> click. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm being such a singer. <laughs> well, look at the name of the podcast. Dude. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. And, and we all we all go through bouts, bouts with that, man. Um, but but to, go, to go back a little bit, you know, you know, this this whole concept of you know, rock bands doing covers and stuff like of pop songs. This has been going on for, for quite a while. I mean, a lot of bands have been doing it with, with pop goes punk and, and yeah. you know, our last night, they, they obviously turned it into kind of a, a real thing where they had one band doing it. Um, and they did it really well. 
Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it must have been hard for you guys starting out because m- m- some people probably looked at it and went, oh, this is really cool. Like, I hadn't heard a band do this before where other people were like, yawn. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, but at the same time, I think that we were doing it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but we were just doing it different. Yeah. In a weird way. Um, um, I don't want to say like being cocky or anything like that, but like there was definitely something that wasn't so like we, I feel like we gave effort to it where a lot of people didn't give effort to, um, producing these covers. Cause a lot of people don't give a fuck about doing covers. I mean, like, yeah, I've been, I've been there. There's some songs that we really didn't give effort to. And it really shows because, you know, fans can feel that somehow when you don't give a shit about something and you release it anyways, they know. Yeah. Because, because most of the time when, when bands are doing covers, like when I think I reference pop goes punk or punk goes pop. I always forget which order it's in. It's Um, in one of those orders. (laughs) Punk goes pop. (laughs) I always, I always, you know, most of the, the bands that do that, those songs, a lot of times it's like, okay, fearless records is going to give a band like a couple grand, maybe, to do a song they're going to go in the studio they're going to do it over like a day or two like they're going to kind of just shit it out you know what i mean there isn't going to be a a ton of preparation uh there probably will be like not really any pre-production and most of the time they're kind of it's kind of like a joke you know yeah exactly so so like and and i remember all the ones that that silverstein did you know uh, i think the one that we we did that we actually did pretty well was apologize because we did it with a record. So we recorded into like a super sick console and like we had a, like a real guy mixing it and we, you know, we did it as a part of an album and it made a difference. So I think, I think that if you guys are taking that approach, I know you guys do all yourself as well. Then that, that definitely is a big difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's really, it's really just like, I guess the energy and effort you put into the song is what you really get back. For sure. I mean, the other thing is doing videos too. You, you've done tons of videos for a, a lot of covers and, you know, the, the band I remember, and, and obviously you were doing this, I guess, before they had come to be is I Prevail and their Taylor Swift cover that like, I, f- I feel like for a while there on Facebook, I couldn't not see it, man. Like it was marketed so hard and like I was seeing this video popping up everywhere. And later I talked to Brian and, and, um, and the rest of those dudes about it. And, and they were like, yeah, we straight up like poured money into it, knowing we were just going to get that money right back out of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty. Good. It's a pretty crazy concept. But I, like, I, I didn't know that. But I wonder if you had the, any of the same, you know, thing going on where your videos, because if it's a visual aspect, uh, pu- kind of help put it over the top as well. Um, No, I mean, like there was a point when we first started where we we're like, oh, let's overthink this music video. And it didn't ever really work out mm-hmm. um i mean like all the video ideas that were like just instant and not overly complicated or anything like that usually do the best um and, and it's crazy like one of our most boring music videos ever is the most viewed video <laughs> uh, w- which is hello where we're literally just standing in some gravel in a field um it, it's just it's just such a boring video but it's got like I, over 20 million views on which song is it YouTube. It's Adele's Hello. We did a cover oh. of that. That's, that's the one that really like catapulted everything. Because that was the first like million hit. That was the first one where we were literally seeing us get 50,000 views a day. You know? Wow. Dayseeker did a cover of that too. That was like really, really good. I don't know if you've heard their version. But yeah, there's I, something I, I, about I that song I think performed in a rock way. It really works. Yeah, it's a rock ballad. 
and then and then one that we're very known for too is Exo Tour Life, which mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> as a, as a bunch of people with guns in the music video. I saw that. I, I watched that video and I felt like a bit strange watching it. I, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll do that to you. Yeah, it did make me feel like a little... Yeah, I mean, it made me... I, I had so many thoughts of, about that song and when I watched the video um, and I just watched... I watched it yesterday when I was in bed and a little loopy on uh, on some Tylenol, but <laughs> I guess like first of all is is you decide to do a song like there's there's a problem this kind of is 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 a general topic for all of the stuff that you do but i'm going to use this as an example right so it's really must be difficult to pick a song because there are so many great songs there are so many hits all the time coming out so you choose you choose the to do exo tour life which is i mean you listen to the original it's (laughs) like those vocals man like it's yeah. really hard to kind of either find your own voice within it or mimic. You can't really mimic it or you just kind of sound stupid. So how, I don't know how you pull that off. And then the video, yeah, like, you know, we weren't even allowed to have guns in music videos before because <laughs> MTV wouldn't play videos with guns. So we robbed banks with baseball bats <laughs> because you weren't allowed to have guns in videos. And, and now, like, you know, it's, it's, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, no, th- those were all Nerf guns. Um, uh, but so I guess like the mindset behind it really is, uh, so we were building a second studio in our studio at the time, and I was just sitting there like up early one morning and just like listening to the song on repeat, like the little, um, it was like the YouTube video of it where like his like face is melting or something. So I was just listening to the song and thinking this would be really sick because like hearing the melody, like I don't really care if you cry. And I was like, okay, I can hit that. But like way higher up in key, and it would sound right. so sick. Right. And then I and then I hit up. Uh, I I think I hit up all the boys. I was like, "Yo, would you guys be down to do a cover of this?" And Blake was the first one to like jump on and be like, "Yo, I would love to do this." And then our bass player was like, "Dude, this was my idea." And I said, "Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> go play, go play bass somewhere." Um, and, and then I, I was like, "Okay, so we we started doing it. We started working it out and." The whole thing's kind of a blackout on how we did it because it came out so sick. I don't even like the song came out really sick, and that's one that I'm super proud of um, because I think it was very creative on our end, like the work that we put into it, and um, just how everything like came about and got structured out, like where the screaming parts were, like how it goes back from screaming to singing. I, I just I thought it was just so cool, and then of yeah. course um, with the music video, all the people in that music video were were our friends and clients of the studio. So um, they, they go by Damn Mafia and they would come in and they would record all their all their music all the time. And I don't remember how the idea got brought up, but I was just like, uh, someone was like, hey, do you guys want to be in a music video? And they're like, yeah. And um, someone's like, just bring all your guns. And they said, <laughs> okay, we'll be there. And and they they loved they loved it. It was it was a really good time. It was a fun time shooting that video. Wow, and, um, yeah, it's the most American thing ever. Like, I, I don't even yeah, know anyone that owns a gun, I swear. It's just yeah, a different, different yeah, lifestyle. Half of those here, guns but... were, were provided by one person, so. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and then we got drunk and just shot the video. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you said video and not got drunk and shot the guns. Um, wow, There's Brian. A, there, there has been a gun shot off in that studio before, though. Oh, my goodness. I... 
<laughs> I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, insert Florida man story here. It was almost one. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not that. Not that time. But there was a time that someone did. There was another video. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you this. So Franz from Attila really liked the uh, Exo Toilet video. So he, he <laughs> thought he that he, he he figured out that he was going to do that as well. So he got all the same people from <laughs> from our Exo Toilet video in our studio too. This was in our studio. It was a video studio and an audio studio, and uh, he gets all the same people. You know, he's doing this thing uh, for this rap metal group that he started called like. Uh, I don't even know the name of it. But anyways, so they all show up. Same thing again. Um, they all got their guns and someone shot the gun at the floor, like a shotgun at the floor while they were filming. Like, Jeez, the guns are loaded too? Y- yeah, they're loaded. Oh my God. Yeah, and so uh, someone shot the gun at the floor and like, you know on a psych wall how it's like just paint layer after paint layer? Yeah. Yeah, so you can see through like this much of paint layer into the floor. Well, it, it could have been a lot worse, man. Oh yeah, that, it could have been way worse. That's but, crazy. Well, that's kind of that kind of sucks. He kiffed your idea mm-hmm. too. Uh, whatever his his video didn't do do what ours did. So, well, hey, okay, that's <laughs> that's interesting. No, I yeah. um, no, I know I know Franz pretty well. I, and and yeah, I mean, I I always have a good time with him. But there's literally he's one of those people like you hear a story about him, you're like, man, it's not that surprising. Yeah, no, I'm sure. <laughs> a, I'm sure he's a uh, wild dude. Franz and I would party hard, and oh, yeah. no doubt about that. Oh yeah, and the whole and the whole time I'll make fun of how he ripped off my idea, but there you go. Yeah, and <laughs> and he probably would fess up to it. Um, <laughs> he knows. He knows. Well, yeah, he, of course he doesn't he knows. give a fuck though. <laughs> he, he he looked at our idea and goes, "I can do that better." You know, you know, it's funny. Speaking of um of pop, punk goes pop. I always say it wrong. Punk goes pop. It's I saw that you covered uh, "Dirty Diana," Michael Jackson classic. Yeah, I know, like a long time ago you did it. And it's actually interesting cuz um not not really anyone knows this, but a long time ago Fearless was trying to do a Michael Jackson version of Punk Goes Pop and they were going to call it Punk Goes King of Pop. Oh. And we got enlisted to do it. Uh a whole bunch of bands did. I think I think Bayside was was one of the bands cuz this was around 2011 I think and we were on tour with Bayside. So I remember they were hearing about it too. And this was like going to be a thing, but for some reason, because the whole compilation was going to be one artist or something, there was like weird clearance issues with the covers they couldn't get, but we were going to do dirty Diana. Oh, uh, and, and yeah. I, I uh, did a, I had an arrangement for it and I had put together like a, yeah, like a whole, I probably have a demo of it somewhere, uh, like on an old computer or something. So Love yeah, it. it's funny. When I saw you guys covered it, I was like, "See, see that that song would work." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that was one that Blake brought up, <clears throat> and I was just like, "Dirty Diana." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I've never heard this song before." And he's like, "No, no, just just listen to it. Just trust me." And I said, "Okay, whatever." <clears throat> and so um, he, you know, he started doing all the production behind it and riffing on. It. I was like, "Okay, this is actually insane sounding." Yeah. And uh, then it, it's also a fun song to sing too. We've played it live like multiple times oh, now, cool. and it, it's 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 just it's a good time. It's a really really good song to do. Sure, I mean everybody I, knows Michael Jackson like that. You know, I I know that's not like one of his biggest hits really, but it's a big enough hit. You know. Yeah, but anytime you do it, usually you get like one guy that was like 
the like if you're playing at like a bar show or something like that like on like a weird tour you'll get like one guy and he'll come up to you after the show like he wasn't paying attention to you the entire show until you played dirty diana <laughs> he goes, that fucking song was awesome man yeah <laughs> well, like, thanks man he's like he's like what's your band's name again and then so you gotta talk you gotta talk to the drunk dude at the bar that loves dirty diana there you go there you go well um you know that you bring up a good point there about that you know going playing shows live being a band that obviously you guys are now transitioned pretty much fully into originals the, the record levels uh came out in september there's the deluxe edition out now everybody should check that out on hopeless records um, but you know, you got obviously touring. We're, we're a year. It's it's been over a year since we've done anything like that. So it's 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 a distant memory. But at the same time, like when you guys are playing your set and you've got to decide, okay, we could do a whole thing of covers. We could do a whole thing of originals now. How do you pick your spots, both in what you want to do artistically, um, and also you know you want people to come to see you guys and come back to see you guys again. Yeah, um, I think it's just um, with covers, originals, it's a little bit more, um, okay, we, we're we going to play the ones that we know are good. Um, we're going to play the ones that we really want to play and that we know fans want to hear. Um, so even it's like even it's like singles, like uh, a single like we did called Back to You. Um, people at shows for somehow love that fucking song. And every single time we play it, they sing along to it. So we're going to keep playing that song for yeah. now, at least. You know right. what I mean? It's not the biggest streaming song, but it's one of those live songs that people know. I'm sure you've experienced that before where people, where you're like, okay, the numbers aren't great on this song, but everybody knows this song. Yeah, well, you know, that's an interesting point. I, th- I think like the whole idea of numbers on a song is kind of a new thing, relatively speaking. Yeah. Because, you know, like, guess, yeah. we didn't have that at all. Um, you know, we just would play songs and, and we'd just judge people not there's no there was no quantitative number you just looked out in the crowd and if people were like feeling it you're like all right we'll play that tomorrow or if not maybe we <laughs> maybe we won't play that tomorrow you know and that that was like how kind of how we did it and with our song the afterglow which is like the number one i think our number one song on spotify we weren't even playing that live we were like oh it's kind of too poppy and then we just played it one day to see and the place like went insane and we were like okay well we got to play this live and then it was never even a single you know, so, wow. so like, yeah, it can be strange. Um, the numbers like, and then once we started playing it live, that's when the numbers started to blow up too. And maybe that was just a coincidence, but I don't know. Yeah, that's sick. Um, but yeah, as far as like doing covers, uh, is concerned live, we will pretty much do anything that's the most relevant cover to our, I guess, what, how we sound, um, so like yeah. our most recent covers, I guess, would be like Blinding Lights, although we wouldn't really do that one live just because anything that's too complicated, we're not going to do. Blinding Lights is a hard song to sing. And so I'm, that's not something I'm trying to put myself through. I've already done the way too hard <laughs> to sing live songs. Um, yeah, man. But it, it's like anything that really grooves and goes along with the originals. And it's usually going to be like maybe like three or four, depending on how long the set is. If it, you If we have like a... If we have like a 30-minute set, it might be like three to four. A longer set, it might be five. I don't know. Depends on also how fast we blow through songs. Right. Sure. Because, you know, live time moves at double the speed, <laughs> and, and you don't realize it. It can be but, weird. Yeah, Yeah, but we, but we have this bad habit of just, um, you know, when we're making the backing tracks and stuff like that, we have, I have this really bad habit of, 
oh yeah one minute's plenty of time to talk between songs and it's like it's really not and so it, and so yeah. like a lot of our live sets have just been like song after song after song after song nonstop. and i'm just like at, at the end of each set i'm like i want to kill myself wow that's no it's that's interesting it, it is crazy you know what you talk about you talk about making backing tracks and stuff like not some, something we talk about very much on this show um you know and my band doesn't do a lot of backing tracks but we do play to a click track yeah but we do it like we have each song on its own you know file so we just start, oh, oh, we that's just start cool. it so then when i'm done talking it gets started so you guys do like a whole set yeah yeah we have, like, we have a, we have everything planned out like everything gets planned out from um everything usually starts in pro tools mm-hmm. and um it's usually right here where i'm sitting and you know, we talk about the set, how we're going to do the set, where I, I figure out where I'm going to talk, where the talking points are. And uh, we kind of just go with that and we play it all the way through. Because um, I remember years ago, we saw issues. Um, oh, yeah. RIP to them. <laughs> um, and we, we saw we saw that uh, like it was a warp Tour and they were just playing. Everything was just so seamless in their set. And I was kind of like, fuck, I want a set like that. I want to set that everything is just seamless. There is no awkward silence. Because, um, you know, I'm also in the mindset of like, what do we do if there's like 10 people in the crowd? Uh, so, right. I mean, like, so, I mean, like, I hopefully, hopefully that mindset will go away in these next coming shows. But I mean, like, it will. Obviously, we're playing the festival. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's the mindset of like, what do we do? I don't want, I don't want there to be any silence in the set. So I'm going to develop a set that has even when there's no um, song playing, there's going to be music going. Okay. Or this is like a talking point. So everything is definitely like set out. So it's like there's, so there might be like a two minute break between songs that there's a guitar change happening and I don't want there to be dead silence. So I'll have like a little pad going in the background production wise. Okay. And and so that's like, that's really what the backing tracks are consisting of is like, yeah, they're there to complement like with, if we have any post-production, which we have a lot of post-production in our songs. Um, and then also just to complement the the set and the way everything works. So if we wanted to add a song, which we've done before, if we if we want to add a song like while on tour, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass to do. Yeah. So do you run do you run this off a laptop? Yeah. Okay. Run off a, have, run off a MacBook. Have you ever had an, an entire rack? Have you ever had an issue with like just something happening? I mean, like the yeah. like Pro Tools just crashing? Because you or, know, or I've never whatever. actually had a problem with Pro Tools. Never had a problem with Pro Tools, but I've had a uh, problem with the Apollo systems. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I'm using one right now, and I know, I know how it can be. Yeah, so I, I, I love Apollos, but like, I've had a problem with the Apollo. Have I had a problem with Apollo systems? I don't know if it was Apollos actually, or if it was like, um, it might have been. We were using not an Apollo. We were using a Focusrite. And the thing, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when when you have like a live rack and it rolls around constantly and gets beat the fuck up. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that thing just like was, was taking a beating and it wasn't built for it, and um, we needed to swap out and go buy an Apollo at Guitar Center one day because luckily we had a soundtrack that day, and um, every time after we get off, you know, the the van or whatever, we are checking gear, make sure everything works, and. Um, that day, the focus right was dead, so we That's, had to go to Guitar Center. Yeah, luckily, luckily, we were in a town with a Guitar Center, and we bought an Apollo Twin, and ran the rest of the tour off of that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all. It's, I mean, if you're just gonna run a file, though, like, couldn't you just run it off anything? Like, run a stereo file and not worry about any like gear, like run it off like an iPod or something. 
Yeah, so I I took the liberty to make things more complicated for myself. <laughs> uh, you know, you know how I do. And I I started individually like stemming out parts in a song. Okay. So yeah. I would so I would hear things and I'm like, okay, I so when we're practicing and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, this this like backing guitar part is a little bit too loud. This one string is too loud. This percussion, this hi-hat is too loud in in this particular song. So when we're practicing, I'm able to kind of like mix down the stereo file of what it what I think it should sound like live. Right. So it is a stere- it is a stereo file given to like the sound engineer of the backing tracks, but at the same time I wanted the control to mix it at practice and make sure everything sounds right. Right. And I guess you have to have like a click track, you have to route it out so you can mix it too, right? For everybody. So you, yeah, right, so yeah, you can have everybody yeah, that, has their own mix. Exactly. That 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 totally makes sense, right? That you have to have a click track and then everything else. So yeah, that's um that is super interesting. Cool, man. Yeah. Um yeah, thanks for sharing that. Not a lot of people want to talk yeah, I, about that stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I know. Everybody wants to make it seem like it's all uh genuine alive. And there is bands out there that, you know, it's all genuine alive that don't even play to a click track. Good for them. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really about that anymore. It's like <laughs> Like, go look at a DJ. Like, what yeah. are they... Like, they're genuinely playing you music. Um, and Well, they, uh, they, uh, allegedly, right? Like, yeah, do, allegedly, how do you really yes. know? I mean, I guess I don't know anything about DJing or like that. Like, I, But I, I mean, if you see someone moving your hands, you can assume they're doing something. I, I don't know. I guess yeah. it's the same with guitar, right? <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that a lot of people overthink rock music and what it needs to be live. Um, there's a lot of gatekeepers because I know I've heard about people going, oh, Bring Me the Horizon uses all, they're all backing tracks and shit. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, who really cares? You're going there for the experience of seeing this band live. Mm-hmm. Go see them live. Like, stop trying to be a gatekeeper. Gatekeeper Rock isn't like in this pure form anymore. Like, everybody's trying to sound the best that they can sound. And if this is what they need to do to sound great, then then let them do that. Like, this, they want to be great for you. Okay. I mean, I, I not completely. I don't think you're completely wrong. I, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, for sure. I I think it's like weird though for me. I guess I'm I'm older. I don't want to say that I'm a gatekeeper because I'm not. And like that's I think it's fine when bands you know have they want to pull something off live and they do. I think being open about it is important though. You know, like yeah, yeah, totally. I, like um, I, th- I thought the funniest thing I saw you brought up issues. So I'll bring up this story. Uh, his. So it was, it was also warp tour, but they were, it was issues just jumped on for a couple days. It was, they were on a smaller stage. This is, I think before the first full length came out, this was like 2013 maybe. And so they're playing, this is when like scout was still in the band. So they're, they're playing and, uh, AJ breaks a string before the second last song, low E string. So like, you know, you just, it just pulls up, pulls it off. So it's just dangling. Right. So yeah. he uh, leaves the stage and goes to like, I guess to go get another guitar. Like they don't really have crew or anything. So he like, he leaves, goes back onto the grass to like, I guess get a guitar to play. But like you said, their set is to, uh, it's just on pro tools. Like it's playing and they can't stop it or whatever. So <laughs> he's like, you know, there's a talking break. So I don't know, Tyler or Michael are talking, but then uh, he like comes back and like something's wrong and then the song just starts and the song starts with a guitar riff but like no one's playing that guitar riff 
Yeah. You know what I a, mean? Yeah, that we don't we don't do that, luckily. Um <laughs> like there will be like a lead in the background that's impossible for Blake to play. Right. Like it's just sure. the ambient thing, but like no, we're not we're not doing that. Right, like a like a main intro lead like intro rhythm guitar. Yeah, was no. like was like and then he came and then the funniest part was like I guess he couldn't find the guitar. Or he came back with the guitar with the string gone and just like rocked out till the end of the set. Like, hey, I guess fuck, what are you going to do? Fuck but it, fuck it. No, but, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, we we use backtracks in a sense to complement what we're doing. Like as far as just production goes, but like if I'm singing out of key, you're going to notice you're going to it's right. it's like that's me singing out of key. Um if if our drummer fucks up, you're going to hear it a bass player. And if we fuck up, you're going to know you're gonna know we're, we're we're fucking up, right? No, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, I I don't I don't care. Like, even if a band wants to use auto tune live or something like that, it's like okay, use it. But you know I've what? Tri- I've so- tried it. That shit's impossible. I don't get okay. it. Okay. Well, I, I know there are bands that do it. I mean, it, it, I don't care. Just if you're gonna do it, like if someone asks you, you just I, say you do. I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? Why not? <laughs> why not? I know I know. Um, people use auto tune live. Like they'll use it through Apollo. Actually, like Post Malone uses it. Runs everything through Apollo. Hmm. But he's got a guy there that literally manually does it because for some reason it won't lock up to MIDI. And so he has a person that changes each key of each song every yeah, single time. Yeah, yeah, just, just but, exactly. That's, that's not very hard to do. That's just a setting. No, well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you can, um, you can also turn off, you know, you can put how, how hot you want the auto-tune on, right? Yeah, yeah, If totally, you want that totally. effect, you know, or if you just want it to be just sound natural. You can do that, but, yeah. But yeah, I've tried. I've tried the auto tune thing. I just wanted to like test it out and hear it. Um, and it was just uh, it doesn't it doesn't work. It also it also messes with my head. I cannot sing with auto tune on. I feel yeah. like disoriented. I don't um, know. Well, you can you can do it so you monitor. You could have it monitoring your actual voice. And yeah, you know I mean? have yeah. Later I, in the chain, I, I'm I'm so. good. I'm good. I, I don't I don't think I need it live. <laughs> I'm good too. I don't use it either. I'm I just like like I'll never forget when Fall Boy said like this. I think it was from Under the Cork Tree, and when they said like, oh, there's no auto tune on this record. I'm like bullshit. Like there's fucking auto tune. Oh, like, oh, there's no there's no auto tune. Like, but Melodyne. Oh, we used a humbling amount of Melodyne. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's, it's like, like okay. no auto tune. This is all waves tune. Right, auto tune like the brand. Like no, no, no. I don't. Yeah. I, I've I've never used Kleenex in my life, but I use tissue. <laughs> yeah, tissue exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> those those like brand brand name auto tune because people don't know auto tune is is a brand name, I guess of Antares or whatever. Anyway, man, we're 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 going way off topic. I do want to talk about your new record a little bit more levels because it's out now and it's on hopeless records he great friends of mine uh my band put out a few records on hopeless i love those people talk to me about the decision to go down that road and actually sign a deal with a label rather than doing it just doing it yourself like you had been yeah okay so the it was you know it wasn't one of those things where it's like oh yeah let's sign to a label and this is this is great we need a label um it was one of those things where it's like we felt like we needed a label to help push us further and get a, get some doors open that we couldn't open ourselves. Because when you're a independent band, um, not with an independent label, but just independent, people don't really want to talk to you because right. you almost don't have that co-sign by a, by a label. And, you know, Hopeless is one of those labels where they're respected. You know, they're respected for, you know, being fair to their artists and just being really, really cool people overall. Yeah. And so we were like, we want to work with a label like that, an independent label that 
you know, isn't owned by um, a big label and isn't going to like shelve us or do anything fucked up to us. So, you know, we ultimately decided to go with Hopeless, but it's because, you know, they had a lot to offer us as far as marketing goes, as far as, you know, press, um, radio. There's, these are all, all these things that we couldn't do ourselves at the time, at least like we had no idea any of this stuff. Um, we needed new merch designs and more merch and, um, yeah, it, it was, it wasn't so much of a money thing, but it was more of a, yo, we really need your help opening the door. Um, we need to be able to get like really good tours because nobody wants to talk to us. So how do we get them to talk to us by signing with a label? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, and then once you're on the label and you're like, shit, like <laughs> we, we were making way more money before, like you're taking a pay cut essentially, at least in the beginning, yeah. hoping to grow. But you know, a lot of people don't understand the amount, the level you have to grow in order to kind of recoup that cost, uh, is, is a lot, not to mention you have to kind of put money a- away because you're not going to see a royalty statement for like a year after you sign at least, you know, and things like that. Yeah, I don't know where your mindset's at with labels, but like if you don't have to sign to a label, you shouldn't. Um, that's mm-hmm. where I'm kind of at. But if you feel like it's the best move for your business to do, then go right ahead. Yeah, I think a lot of it it has to do with who your band is too, and how you guys how you guys might operate. Some some bands they need a label to help market because they don't know the first thing about that side of things, yeah. and they just wouldn't be able to take on the whole, you know, the whole chunk of like this is how we sell a record like they just don't know how to do that a lot of people are more musicians than business people but it seems like you guys have kind of a good uh you know a good aspect of both yeah yeah yeah. we we uh we we know both uh at least now we do um but you know it it made sense for us to sign so that's really why we did it it really made sense for us to sign it made sense for us to you know develop a first album through hopeless and yeah hopefully going on to the second album so yeah, that's that's awesome. No, and, and and I noticed that there was a feature from Trevor from our last night on yeah. the record, and obviously a band that you guys are getting compared to a lot. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes sense. I mean, to put it there, to put him on the record, was was that like a bit of a cosign too? To to show everybody like, hey, look, if you're telling us that we're ripping this band off, like they're cool, they're cool with it. Like we're in the same world, we're friends. And, you know, yeah, I think I don't think it was anything negative. I think it was also I think it was really just one of those things that like a bunch of people were like, yo, can you guys please do something with our last right. night? And in there is the comments of you guys are ripping off our last night off or our last night did it better. Or, you know, some mm-hmm. some of our fans will go to their video and be like, Famo Fire did it better. And like and just those people need to shut up. It's not about doing it better. <laughs> it's really not about that. It's about it's about you know collabing and just you know having a like fun competition, not like anything negative. So getting Trevor on the song, you know, um, we we were in talks with Trevor for a little bit before we even got him on the song, and so we were like, and basically said, uh, yeah, I would love to do it. So we're like, yo, this is awesome, let's do it. And then we also proposed to do a cover of WAP with him, and he told us to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I have only met, I've met Trevor a couple of times. He's actually never been on the show. I'd love to have him, but did he give you guys some advice? Um, you know, maybe they made some mistakes or anything in the past, like what to do or not to do. Um, no, I, I don't think he really <laughs> gave us any advice. Um, I know, I know Trevor has said before, don't ever sign to a label. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's like, 
it's like it's really it's one of those things where it's like you gotta it, it depends on your situation if it's a good idea or if it's not a good idea well and so. and they were on a label too like i mean if you want yeah, they, they were signed to a label epitaph uh, i think i don't know how many records they put out on epitaph but you know like six yeah like they they had a whole career before they decided to do kind of what you know the cover thing and you guys started there so it's it is a different trajectory and and i think you're in good hands with hope was they're good good friends of mine and Hopefully, yeah, man, you can bring this bring this music to the masses, and you've already had some success with her eyes number one on Octane. That's a huge feat. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's wild, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you think about these things as like a kid growing up in the scene. You're like, oh, Octane would be so sick to be like on or whatever, and then you're just there, and you're like, okay, this is crazy. All this shit's happening. This is all crazy. Yeah, but it's but it's but it's sick. I don't know. I'm excited to get back on the road though because like we haven't played a show in over a year before all this Octane shit, before all the radio campaign, before oh, yeah. the album, like who knows what's going to fucking happen next. Like well, I'm really excited. No, I see I see that March 12th of 2020 you guys were in Virginia. It was your final show. What was that like? Actually, our final show was in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. It's not on your setlist.fm, but um yeah. So you, well, so you went. You did. You did a final show going back up uh, home to Florida. Then I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So final show was in Jacksonville, which is like six hours away. Yeah. Um, the the Virginia show was tight though. That was great. Um, so, but at that point, right? Because we were in the same boat. We were in North Carolina. We when we got shut down, our last show was um, March eleventh. March twelfth, we had a day off. That's when we decided to go home. I imagine that playing that last show in Jacksonville was probably like a bit weird, right? When people like a lot of bands it, are canceling, was, like, are, do we do it? Do so we not do it? Yeah, no, we sat outside the venue. We got there at like 11 a.m. early as fuck. And we sat outside the venue just going, what are we doing? Like, are we playing this? Yeah. The governor of Florida or the, the not the governor, the mayor of Jacksonville is like, I'm shutting down all gatherings over, you know, 50 people or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're all just sitting there. It's like, yo, do we just drive home? Because we're literally like four hours away from home. Or do we play this show? Like, I don't know what's going on. Our tour manager is trying to get the the, um, the promoter on the phone to find out if this show is actually happening or not. But, you know, it, it, I guess the show was going to happen. So we were like, okay, cool, whatever. So many people showed up to the show. This was one of like our most packed shows of this tour. And so it was just, it was wild. It was a wild show, and I don't know if people knew that everything was coming to an end, so people went crazy. But it was a crazy fucking show. Like it was so <laughs> maybe, dude. In this room. Maybe no. It's it's it is just like an example of of fucking worst timing ever, though, right? Like you guys are. I mean, I don't know if you guys had the record done yet or when it was supposed to come out, but like you know, you know, you, you guys are just on this trajectory upwards. Like you, you know, you're headlining these shows, right? So yeah. like you're, you're building your audience and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, like right, right when it's about to pop. So now yeah. it'll be really interesting to see if this last, uh, you know, year, let's just say is, is like kind of a reset. If you're going to go back to March 12th, uh, of 2020 <laughs> and that's like where you're starting or if like you've grown so much that like all of a sudden, Hey, like we're playing <laughs> a fucking thousand people here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be crazy. I, you just don't know. No, you really don't know. Um, no, like you can look, like you said, you can look at the numbers all you want, 
right? But like you don't really know until you you're putting tickets on sale, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Numbers online numbers only mean so much. They really, really do. Um, if you're known to be a touring band, people are gonna come see you tour, or you're gonna get to- like put with people who you know have good numbers, and you're gonna tour with them. You're gonna a lot of people are gonna show up to the show and then love your band. But we have genuinely no idea where the hell we stand. And I, I don't. I, and it's it, it was a weird year. Cause yeah. yeah, we we got numbers on Spotify and stuff like that, but like, are people going to come see us off of those numbers? That's not always guaranteed, you know. We've there's we've had over, I think like five hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify for years now, but there's bands with a hundred thousand monthly listeners that pull way more than we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I know because they're they're known for touring. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the monthly listeners thing has become a number that everyone seems to point to for for some kind of success but you're right there are there are bands with well under a million that are like massive and some yep. like i think the other day i was looking them up and nine inch nails like huge band plays arenas at least all over the world they only have three million monthly listeners nine wow, inch crazy. nails got dude yeah, just that- won an oscar uh you know on sunday yeah so, yeah, that's like Tool. Like Tool doesn't have that many monthly listeners, but oh, like they don't? Yeah. arenas. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm right. I'm going to look up Tool. I'm I'm curious about Tool. I didn't think about them. Yeah, 3 million as well. And they're, yeah, yeah, they're one of the biggest rock bands in the world. So yeah, yep. it it really isn't um really isn't everything. Yeah, it it isn't. Um but you know, maybe in like a few maybe in like I don't know, 15 years it will be everything, but as of right now it's not. Yep. It's not. Well, dude, um, what else to tell me? I, I mean, you guys are going back out September. Are there any other tour plans you guys have uh, you, that you can, can talk, talk about? about. Or you, you nothing just, I can talk about. Like you're figuring out next year if it's going to happen and all that. It's it's crazy, right? You have yeah. these meetings with agents. It's just all doom and gloom. Well, we got a new agency this year, which oh, was good. great. Which was great. Um, UTA, shout out to them. They're fantastic. Nice. Yeah. And uh, they've been treating us so well. Um, and yeah, we, we have, there's some, there's cool things that are happening, but I just can't talk about them because nothing's been announced besides the show in uh, September. Well, the dude, big old festival. Dude, well, uh, what else to tell the people? I mean, the new record is out now. Levels on Spotify, wherever you get your get your stuff. There's tons of videos to watch. Yeah, uh, there's content for days. Uh, you guys can follow us on TikTok. I don't oh know yeah, you, I, I don't know if you're you, you guys should do TikTok too. This it's is so, what everyone. This is what everyone's telling us. We had a li- um, little meeting with our label, and they were like, "We're not saying like get TikTok, but get TikTok." Yeah, <laughs> we're like, I don't know. It, like, Shane, we don't. It's free. It's free. It, <laughs> it literally there's millions of fans waiting there hungry for content yeah they need they need your content and yeah, they just want it yeah it's, it's crazy like, i i um i don't know i i don't want to be like the steve buscemi meme with the skateboard like hello fellow kids you know like uh <laughs> why not <laughs> i mean i kind of am like that that's just me <laughs> if you like if you want to sum but up like, a dude i shouldn't even be mad about it <laughs> but so like we so it's like a thing where it's like we never took it seriously either like we kind of looked at it like oh it's fucking it's some zoomer shit you know Right. And and so we weren't really taking it too seriously and we weren't really doing anything with it. And then um we started posting uh about three weeks ago now, we started posting just almost daily like little covers of things, like whether it be like a three days grace song or it's a um 
a screamo version of astronaut in the ocean doesn't matter what the song is but we've just been posting little snippets of like 15 to 20 seconds and we've gotten over a hundred thousand uh followers now Holy in three shit. weeks yeah wow three weeks okay yeah that's it's, it, really in insane and then it translates so it's like it's like the people that are on tiktok and really and they're like oh you guys sound really good you got a really cool voice what else do you have and so now everything else starts going up and so then you start getting people that are hitting you up all the time saying you guys are sick i found you guys through tiktok this and that so it's a lot of a lot of people are discovering music through tiktok you know i know this girl wow. that blew up off a voice memo on tiktok she's got like <laughs> she's got seven hundred thousand monthly listeners off a voice memo her recording is a voice memo. What what what's so compelling about it? It's it's just it's a it's just like it's a good song. Like she's a great singer, fantastic singer. Oh wow! Um, and it's just like it's an emotional song, but it's a voice memo. Hey, she I love that. It's got that. seven million plays on Spotify. <laughs> That's so cool, though. You're like this is the power of TikTok. It's so powerful. Wow. That's like, awesome. Well, definitely, yeah. Follow Brian and Fam on Fire on TikTok. Go do it. And yeah, man, th thank you. Thanks for this conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you're so open and honest and forthcoming. And, you know, I, I love to pick the brain of, you know, someone that's like out there doing it, really focused on their, on their, um, their art and their passion. So thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Can I play a tune uh, for the podcast side? Uh, play a tune for the people. Do you have a, a favorite from the new record? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, her eyes. Okay. That's easy. Got yeah. it. Done. You held me down into control. You told me count my blessings. You took advantage of my soul I should've learned my lesson But I'm so messed up
So there it is with Brian. Loved it. I told you this was an interesting one. Very different. I wish Fame on Fire so much success with everything they're doing now, doing these original songs, and absolutely killing it. And hey, like I said in the intro, things are coming back. I haven't checked on Fame on Fire tour dates, but I can only imagine they are coming at you. So get on that and I think it's safe to say it's a great time to start buying tickets for shows because I think they're going to happen and get them while they're hot because a lot of shows are going to sell out well I'll leave you with a tune Oof, I have I don't know what to pick I'm going to go Headspace though okay here's Headspace from Fame on Fire from their new album Levels on lead singer syndrome smash that follow button okay and i'll see you next week